0: Advent is a time of prayer. It's one of the penitential seasons of the church year, along with Lent, the season of Lent leading up to Good Friday and Easter. Advent leads up to Christmas, but it's also a time of repenting and with repenting, a time of prayer, a time to call out to our God for mercy and for strength, for hope and for courage. Habakkuk gives us an example of prayer. Habakkuk is not like the other prophets. He does not prophesy speaking a word from God to the nation or a word from God to the surrounding nations of Judah or Israel. But instead, Habakkuk is this look into the life of prayer of the prophet. The three chapters consist of a back and forth between Habakkuk and the Lord. Now, Habakkuk lives in the time of the Babylonian captivity. He's contemporaries with the prophet Daniel. But what he's prophesying about or praying about specifically is about what it's like as the Babylonians are coming. As this mighty nation from the north is coming To take over Judah and to siege it and to scatter its people and to take it captive. He is thinking about Babylon coming and he prays about the state of the current Judah. And he prays about what it's going to be like when that mighty nation comes. And when you hear these prayers of the prophet Habakkuk, To the Lord, and when you also hear God's responses, that's one of the blessings of Habakkuk, because we get to hear what God's answer to these prayers is. I want you to think about your prayer life. And I want you to think about how you could pray prayers like this and how you experience some of the same things that Habakkuk experiences, and also how God answers you. So chapter one is like this. We get two prayers of Habakkuk and one answer in the middle. We're going to get the answer to the second prayer at the beginning of chapter two, but we'll just cover chapter one for now. And the first prayer is this. It's a prayer for justice. For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore, The law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore perverse judgment proceeds. Habakkuk prays for justice, and he cries out, he laments to God. This is what a lament is. It's being honest with God about the suffering that you're experiencing, and it's even an argument of sorts. Habakkuk tries to build an argument against God for what God is allowing to happen. And he says here that justice, it never happens in Judah anymore. The laws that are supposed to be on the book, they're powerless. No one pays attention to them anymore. And perverse judgment, the judgments that are declared, are all completely backwards. They're perverted. For him, it was the wicked kings of Judah who had given in to the false gods of the surrounding nations and the Israelites who were led away by those pagan practices like temple prostitution and child sacrifice and all of that kind of stuff. But Habakkuk saw good families persecuted and he saw wicked men promoted. And maybe we don't have Baal worship or Asherah worship or Ashtaroth worship in our society. But I'm guessing that you know what perverse judgment and injustice look like. You've probably been, at least I know I have, in a self-checkout at Kroger. And you're sitting there paying for all your really expensive groceries because they're all really expensive, not just the organic ones anymore. You're paying for your expensive groceries, and you see the guy next to you scan one thing, put it in the bag, take another thing out of the cart, put it in the bag, maybe not scan it. A couple of items go missing. And the self-checkout person, if they're there, which they're probably not, doesn't really notice and doesn't really care. And you know in your head, my bill's larger than his because I'm paying for everything and he's not. And because of that, my groceries are going to be even more expensive the next time. Or maybe you see in your workplace less qualified people get promoted under the guise of laws that are supposedly about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Promoted over hardworking people that are more qualified for the actual job. Or maybe you see faithful, loving, elderly people taken advantage of by wicked scammers that call and with A.I. sound like loved ones or something like that. Or you see politicians and they fight for the rights of perverted adults to engage in all sorts of debaucheries and sexual immorality but they're not at all fighting for the right to life for the unborn the list could go on and on and on because injustices happen over and over and over again that's what habakkuk felt like habakkuk felt like that's why he prayed And his prayer was right. You should pray about those things. You should cry out to God for the injustices that you see and that you experience. Now, God's answer is interesting. And it's not what you'd expect. You would expect God to say, "Okay, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to. Give the good people and the righteous people and the loving people rewards for all that they've done and rewards for all that they've had to go through. And I'm going to give the wicked people their recompense. I'm going to throw them all in jail. I'm going to overthrow the wicked. And that kind of justice, it will happen one day. We'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. But that's not God's immediate answer. What God actually says, in short, is, okay, I'll fix it, Habakkuk. I'm going to destroy everything. I'm going to run Judah completely over. And I'm raising up a mighty nation from the north, the Chaldeans, the Babylon, also known as the Babylonians. I'm raising up the Chaldeans to come and wipe you out. A bitter and hasty nation which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their horses are swifter than leopards and more fierce than evening wolves. God's answer to sinful wickedness that leads to injustice is destruction. It's his wrath. And that's right. The problem is that we are all sinful. Yes, there is a distinction between righteous believers who love God's law and want to do the right thing and struggle with sin and wicked unbelievers who love sin. There is a distinction between those two groups of people. And we'll see how that plays out in chapters two and chapters three. Chapter three. But for here, God's message is this. You're both sinful. None of you deserves to be saved. You think you had it bad when the Assyrians came. You think you had it bad in the current state of Judah. Just wait until the Babylonians come. And why? Because God is just and God's justice is. Will be carried out. And so, how do you think about that answer in your life? Well, a couple things. I think whenever you see whatever happens in the self checkout happen, or whenever you see undeserved promotions, or whenever you see people get scammed, or wicked politicians. You can think about yourself. And you can think how you've also stolen things from other people. Probably at least time, if nothing else. You can think about how you've been rewarded when you haven't deserved it. How you've taken advantage of others. How you have neglected those in need. And so you also, I also we all together deserve God's wrath. And if we were not rescued by the blood of Jesus, that is exactly what would happen to us. And so think about yourself and pray for the blood of Jesus to wash away your sins and pray that the wicked would turn and know that same good news. And the second thing that we can see there in God's answer is, to Habakkuk's Habakkuk's first prayer is that justice is up to God. It's not up to you. Habakkuk had in his own mind what would be just and right and how to make things equal for all people. But he didn't know the mind of God. He doesn't know all things. Only God knows all things. And it's up to him to determine not only The punishment that he will send, but also who he will send it to and who all will be affected by that punishment and also in what timing and in what way it comes. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk more about the Lord's life and salvation and vindication for the righteous but one lesson that Habakkuk has to learn right off the bat is that the timing especially of that is up to God. Not him. The second prayer that Habakkuk argues with God about in chapter 1 is what we often call the problem of evil. He asks God, "Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue?" When the wicked devours a person more righteous than he. In other words, if you are God and you are so powerful and good, a couple verses before that, Habakkuk was going on about how powerful God is supposed to be. If you are so powerful and good, why do you let bad things happen to good people? And I want you to keep this question in mind. We're not going to answer it fully tonight because Habakkuk does not receive God's answer until chapter 2 and that's not what I did in the worship planning so you'll get it next week but I think it's good to leave it hanging I think there's a reason that the division of the chapters is where it stands and not a little later on into chapter 2 because it's something that we have to deal with the problem of evil is something that we have to hang on to as Christians and think about. It is, in some sense, a real problem for us. If God is good, and if he is powerful, and if he knows all the evil that's happening, why does he let bad things happen in the world? Why does he not just fix everything? Why does he let people who... Are seemingly good, at least righteous, repentant, loving. Why does he let them experience suffering and sickness and all sorts of hardships? So think about that. Struggle with that. Lament to God about that. It's what Habakkuk does. But I will leave you at least with this. And this isn't really from Habakkuk, but just from my own mind. I would rather have the problem of evil with a good and powerful God than I would have the problem of no God with no power and no goodness and having no idea, therefore, what evil is and what good is. So you can think about that, too. But more than that, dear saints, I want you to pray. Advent is a time of prayer. And so pray to God this Advent. Because God is good and God is powerful. And he is loving. And as we'll see throughout the book of Habakkuk, it can be summarized in the words of St. Paul. He is working out all things together for the good of those who love him. To him be all the honor and glory now and forever. Amen.